All right, good morning, church. Welcome back to uh, another version of uh, Chestnutdale Online. So we're playing it safe again today. We've got uh, a little bit more sickness. Weather's really not a concern, but uh, we're just going to play it safe uh, one more Sunday, make sure everybody gets uh, gets back on their feet, gets healthy, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be back here first uh, first Sunday in February, and then we'll, uh, we'll just keep on trucking away. Uh, I don't know if we'll continue in with... Uh, uh, the book of Matthew, where we've been in Matthew 7 uh, quite a bit here lately. Not sure if that's where we'll be next week, but we'll see. We'll just uh, mind the Lord and, and go where we can. A uh, couple prayer requests. Just uh, want to lift up Preacher Tim Pierce. Um, Brother Tim and I did a lot on the backside of Beach Mountain. He pastored Mount Gideon, Mount, Mount Gideon uh, Baptist Church, or however you say that, um, at the same time that I was at Beach Valley. Uh, his wife, uh, Joyce Pierce, was a babysitter for uh, Paisley, and Joyce passed away um, Friday. So uh, just remember them. Uh, she did pass away of COVID. She was in the in the hospital on a ventilator, and uh, she fought a good fight. She she's been dealing with it for uh, probably close to four weeks, and uh, they she had some good days and some bad days, and she took a turn. On Friday, so just remember Tim Pierce, preacher Tim Pierce, uh, and his family with the loss of his wife, and then um, my aunt that works with me, uh, Tammy. Her dad passed away Monday. Uh, had the funeral uh, yesterday for him. So just remember the the Greens down there in in Lenore, and that's about it. We've got several that's sick um, with COVID, and I know we've had a. A whole slew of them over the past couple of weeks. I think all of them are, are well and on their way uh, with just some lingering effects. And then we've got one more right now that's recovering. So just uh, be in prayer for them. And uh, as we pray here in a minute, we just want to lift up the uh, health care workers as well because they're having to deal with this too. And it's uh, we thought it was overwhelming a couple of years ago when all this took place. Um, they are extremely overwhelmed right now. But when we pray, we'll remember to pray for them. So if you've got your Bible uh, open and you would like to follow along, we'll be over in Matthew chapter 7. Again, Matthew chapter 7, and it'll be just one verse, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. And uh, I, I've heard the story all my life probably. I've read it, and a lot of preachers will use this when they preach on uh, the golden rule, which is kind of where we'll be today. And, and it's the story of Mr. J.C. Penney. And it would be the owner of the retail store, J.C. Penney. And the story goes like this. When he was a kid, his dad had shared with him the, the verse that we're going to read. And he said, Son, if you follow this golden rule, you'll live a great life for the Lord. And this is, listen to this. He says, And God will take care of you. So that left a, a lasting impression on J.C. Penney's life, which it should have. It really should have because if you look at how the the store grew because he put God first, you know, he, he was able to open up one store and another store, and then he has a chain of stores, and then God just continued to bless him. And he treated his customers. This is the part that, that I want you to remember. He treated his customers with respect. He treated his employees and coworkers with respect. He loved them, and he treated them the way that he wanted to be treated. And that's the part we're going to talk about today, treating others the way that you want to be treated. You know, he's got over 650 stores now all over the country. 
the same verse that empowered the life of J.C. Penney that we just talked about can empower the life of a believer. It gives you, as a believer, it gives you something. It stirs you. It pushes you. It makes you want to do better. It wants you to forgive and to love more. That's what this verse is supposed to do to us. It's really supposed to get us in the heart and make us want to be better people. So today I want to share with you three ways that the golden rule applies to our lives. The three ways. If you've got your Bible open, again, it's just one verse, Matthew seven twelve. Bible says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Father God, this morning as we come to you, we just want to thank you again for allowing us to continue with our worship today, even though we cannot be together inside these four walls, even though I'm here by myself with this little camera. Lord, I feel your presence. And God, I pray that those that are able to listen can feel it as well. We just thank you for the sweet Holy Spirit that we have. Thank you for sending that Holy Spirit down to us, Lord, and, and allowing it to be what comforts us, what gives us encouragement, what gives us uh, this sweet peace that we feel. Lord, we thank you for that. And we do pray today for those that are recovering from COVID. We pray for those that are mourning losses right now from covid Father, we pray for those in healthcare services right now as they continue to battle this thing. Lord, as we see more and more healthcare professionals walk away from the job that they love so much, but just because it is so overwhelming at this time. God, I pray that you would give them a peace about what they do. Lord, I pray that they seek your face to make that decision to walk away from the healthcare service. And God, for those that are still sticking with it, Lord, I pray that you would protect them. And Lord, I pray that you give them rest when they need it. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless them greatly for the efforts that they have uh, put into helping save the lives of so many people. Be with our, uh, again, our DOT workers, our emergency services personnel as they uh, continue to go out and be in the weather that, that we've got over the week. Lord, it may be gone now, but who knows when the next storm will hit. And God, I pray that you just protect them, place a hedge of protect them as well. And, and I pray, God, that you would just get them back home safely to their families. We thank you for all that you're doing here at Chestnutdale. All this your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to be looking at the golden rule. I'm going to read it one more time because it really does help. It really helps. It's one of those that you really need to be memorizing. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The first thing that we're going to look at this morning is this. This golden rule that we're reading right here, it means that we should serve others the way that we would want to be served. Serve others the way that we want to be served. Think about that for just a second, all right? If you're listening this morning, you're, a, you're the owner of a business, think about how you treat your employees. How many of you would want your coworkers to, to, to work hard? When I say your coworkers, those that work for you, how many would want them to work hard? Well, if you think about hiring somebody, you hire somebody expecting them to work hard. You expect them to work for you. If you're building houses, you expect them to work hard and do a good job. If you're working in the post office, you expect them to work hard and get the mail delivered. If you're working in health care, you expect them to work hard and continue to, to render aid to those that are sick. Whatever we do in this life, we expect those that work for us and with us to work hard. 
That's all we ask of them is just work hard. Now, how many of you would want them to, to, to keep a, a positive attitude towards others even when it gets hectic? That one's hard. That one's really hard. Certain jobs that you work in, it's kind of hard to do that. If you work in emergency services, sometimes it is really hard to, to keep a positive attitude towards others. Sometimes you take call after call after call and it just weighs on you and it weighs you down and, and you just get so burnt out sometimes that you just get this, uh, this negative Nancy attitude and, and it, can, um, it can rub off on other people. It's kind of like that bad apple thing. You know, one bad apple can ruin a whole basket. Your negativity, if you're a negative person, can ruin the, the atmosphere of everyone that's around you and turn to everybody else negative. If that's the way you uh, want to be treated, then so be it. I don't like to be tra- treated negative, negatively, but you are the boss. If you own this company and you want people to treat you and, and work hard and treat you right, treat you good, then you need to do the same thing to them. Be good to them. Treat them well. Be positive around them. Be positive uh, as much as possible. Even though you know that you don't have enough money in the bank to pay them this week, or even though you know that in a couple weeks you're not going to have enough work to keep them busy, keep a good, positive attitude and stay in prayer. Keep praying that God will provide for you as the boss or as the the owner of the business so that you can provide work for them and a paycheck for those people. Living out that truth right there of this this Bible verse that we just read, well, my commentary said this, it revolutionizes the way you do your job. And it does. If you go in, and we see a lot of it right now in, in some of the stores that we go in, this new generation coming up, I, it terrifies me. Uh, they, they have no personality. They're not people persons. They, they, they are so used to growing up and sitting in their rooms and playing on their phones and playing on their computers. They don't interact with people in person. Their interacting with one another involves them texting one another or, or sending messages to one another or talking on the phone or whatever it might be. They don't know how to interact with people. That's killing us right now. And so those people, when it comes time for them to work in retail or, or whatever it might be, they don't know how to interact with, with other people. And sometimes they come across negative. We like to see those positive people when we go into to restaurants and we go in to eat. And when our server comes up, we want the server to come up to us with a, a great big old smile. Used to when you could see smiles. <laughs> We want to see these big smiles on her face. And we want that perky, bubbly attitude as they come up to you because it rubs off on you. We want to feel that way. We don't want people to just do the bare minimum so that they can collect their paycheck. We want them to earn that paycheck. You're living your life the way Jesus wants you to live it when you're living it by that golden rule. Do unto others. It's the way we say it. It's not the way the Bible reads it, but the way that we teach it is to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's what we want. You're serving others the way you would want to be served. 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us in, in uh, chapter 10, verse 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or, whosoever, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So he tells us three things. Whether therefore you eat or He's saying, if you're going to eat, glory to God. He said, if you're going to drink, glory to God. But here's the thing. He just sums it all up in this one word, 
or whatsoever ye do, do all, do all to the glory of God. All. I wish I'd capitalize that. Capitalize it in my notes. But in the Bible, I wish that's capitalized. It says to do all. It doesn't matter what you do. When you go to work, you glorify God. That's what he's telling us. Do all to the glory of God. You go to work and you're typing on a computer, give God the glory. You go to work and you've got to, 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 to write checks, give God the glory. You go to work and you've got to teach him youngins, give God the glory. Whatever you do in this life, as you work, you give God the glory. It says, do all to the glory of God. It doesn't matter what you do. You praise God while you're writing checks. You glorify his name when you're at the coffee pot and you're pouring that third or fourth cup of coffee that morning and you're around the coffee pot with your coworkers. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. You try to bring glory to God. Talk about what the preacher preached on on Sunday. Talk about how good God has been to you and your family. You talk about God and his love, and you try to win those over to Christ as much as you can. But everything you say, everything you do, as Paul says, you do it to the glory of God. Now, you're probably sitting there this morning, and you're thinking, that's not realistic. That's not the way most supervisors act. You're probably thinking... That's not the way most people act. Well, you're right. You're honestly right, and that hurts. People are selfish. By nature, people are selfish. We don't want to practice the golden rule because it's a lot more fun when, when other people practice the golden rule on us. We, we like it when people are, are nice to us, but we don't like to be nice to other people for some reason. I guess, that's, again, it's that selfish thing. Going on there, we want others to treat us good, but a lot of times we don't want to treat others good. Got a, had a bad day, got a bad thing going on in your life right now, you're going to be old sourpuss, and you're going to treat people like that. They're not going to treat you kindly. It's more fun for uh, when people come up to you and they say, well, here, let me, let me help you with that. Here, let me, you're moving your groceries in. Let me help you carry your groceries in. You're out there mowing your yard. And somebody pops up and says, hey, do you mind if I give you a hand? Can I, I got my weed eater in the back of the truck. Can I give you a hand? We like that kind of stuff. What can I do to you to be a blessing to you? What is going on in your life? What can I do for you so that you can be blessed? We like that. That's what we like. But how often has it, or how long has it been since you came up to somebody and said, what can I do to be a blessing to you? What do you need in your life so that I can be a blessing to you? I hope it ain't been too long. I hope it was just last week that that happened. That's why I like, that's why we all like going to hotels, ain't it? Or going on cruises. Let me just back up instead of a hotel, just say a cruise. I know everybody's probably stayed in a hotel at least once or twice, maybe. But one of the things that we... That, that you get to experience on a cruise, I know a lot of y'all in the church have done these, it's the hospitality that comes with the cruise. They will bend over backwards for you. They will do whatever they can in their power. They do it with a smile on their face because they want to see you happy. They might be having the worst day in the world. They may have just come from the, the bottom of the ship where somebody got seasick and, and they just blew chunks all over the floor and they went down there and they cleaned it up and, and you might be the first person they've seen since that. And what do you want? 
I need a fresh towel. Or can I get another bottle of water? And they put that smile on their face, and they go get you that towel. Hopefully not the towel that they just used to clean up the puke. They go get you that fresh towel, or they go get you that bottle of water, or they do whatever you want, for, and, and, and it puts a smile on your face because they've got a smile on their face. People, they like to bend over backwards for you, and that's all right. It's, we like that sometimes. We, we like to feel needed or we like to feel appreciated by some people like that. Mark 10, says, And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. Treating people the way you want to be treated, it fulfills the will of God. That's, that's in the center of his will. Treating others the way that you want to be treated. I've never met anybody that said, I want to be treated like dirt. I don't know that there is anybody out there that says, I just, I just want to be treated miserably. I just want you to talk bad about me all the time. I just want you to, to, to take from me and never give me anything. I want you to just to, to smear my name in the mud, and I want you to take everything uh, away from me, take my family away from me, take all my money. Here, you can have my house, do whatever you want to. Here's my dog, take my dog. That's what, the, that's what we we would expect some people to say sometimes, but I don't think that there's anybody out there that would want to say that because this golden rule has been ingrained in us, and you probably didn't even realize it. That golden rule is one of the few rules that we actually learned in elementary school that's biblical. We do teach it in Sunday school. We preach about it behind the pulpit. We even sing about it. But that golden rule has been taught to us from a young age through our school system because we know we know every one of us knows that it is better to treat somebody with respect than to bully them around because we don't want to be bullied around we want to be respected we want to be taken care of we want to feel the love and so they keep teaching that in schools and i hope they never take that out Number two, the golden rule means that we should forgive others the way that you would want to be forgiven. So we talked about treating others the way that we want to be treated, but what about forgiving others the way that we want to be forgiven? Now, that's a, one of those things we, we talk about here pretty often. That's probably one of the, the hardest things for a Christian to do is to forgive someone. Love someone and forgive someone. The two things that, that we are to do the most of probably especially the love part, that's the two hardest things for us to do, love and to forgive. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. How many of you have ever said, oh, I wish they would give me a, another chance, or I wish they would realize that how sorry I am, I wish that they would forgive me. We go back and look at our lives where we have done something wrong. We have wronged somebody. We've done them dirty or whatever you want to call it. We, we have not treated them with love and respect. And we look back at our lives and we think, oh, man, I wish I could just fix that. I wish I could go back in time and I could fix what I've messed up. If you've ever wanted to be forgiven, then you should have empathy for the people in your life who need forgiveness. If you've ever wanted to forgive somebody and can't, you should know that the other people around you that you haven't forgiven yet, they desire that forgiveness as well. 
Ephesians 4.32, Paul tells us, and, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Forgiving one another. Man. Whew. That's, that's tough. That's a tough one right there. That's a hard pill to swallow for a Christian. Even for a non-believer, it's a hard pill to swallow. But for a Christian, we are to forgive. We are to forgive one another. If, if being a Christian is defined as being Christ-like, which it is, Christian means Christ-like, what did Jesus say on that cross? When he was hanging up on that cross right there, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Dying on the cross, hanging on that cross, hardly any blood left in his system, in complete pain. Lungs are given out, diaphragms wore out. He's got nails in his, in his hands, and he's got nails in his feet, and he's got those, that crown of thorns on his head. Eyes probably swollen up. Can't hardly breathe because his arms are up, and, and, and when your arms are up like this right here, you can't catch your breath. Dying on the cross, and what does he do? Ask for forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If being Christian is Christ-like, then we are to forgive others because we would want to be forgiven as well. Do unto others. Forgive others as you'd want to be forgiven yourself. Now, Billy Graham, back when he was alive, he had this, this weekly newspaper column that he did down in Montreat. And, uh, and it, it was just it was like Dear Abby, but it was religious and with Billy. So, Dear Billy. And so he, people would write questions to Billy Graham. And he got this question one time. And this is a really good one. A person wrote and said, my dad is dying, and he wants to see me one more time. But he abandoned me when I was a kid. Why should I go and see him? That's, that's a great question. They've done nothing for me. He abandoned me. I've not seen him in my life, that my whole adult life. Why should I go see this man? And this is what Dr. Graham said. He said, what your father did was very hurtful, and, can, and I can understand why you wouldn't want to go, but put yourself in his shoes. If you messed up your relationship with your family, wouldn't you pray for one more chance to make things right before you died? Wouldn't you want one last opportunity to say, I'm sorry? Wouldn't you want one last chance to be a blessing? And then Dr. Graham finished with this. He said, this isn't just about your dad's need for forgiveness. This is about your willingness to extend forgiveness. When you give your heart to Jesus, God gives you the ability to forgive the hurts of the past. God gives you the ability to love people that you could never love on your own. It's not something that we can do in our own strength. We've all had to do it. Lord, give me the words to say. We have prayed to God to give us words. Give us timing and words to say. Give me wisdom. Lord, loosen my tongue and soften my heart so that I can go to this individual and I can ask for forgiveness. Most of the time, whenever we need forgiveness or need to ask for forgiveness, we're not quick to jump on it. We need time. Unfortunately, the longer we take, the more apt we are to not go and do it. The more we think about it, the more we can talk ourselves out of it. So, 
We can't ask for forgiveness on our own. It is through the Holy Spirit. It is through the guidance of the Holy Spirit that allows us to do that. And he's, it's, it's like Keith talks about in Sunday school. Got, you got the devil on one shoulder and, and, and the angel on the other shoulder. That, that's that angel on your shoulder. It's that Holy Spirit in your heart telling you, go forgive them. It's okay. It's okay. If you go, even if they don't accept that forgiveness, you have done your part. You've asked for forgiveness. And then we're supposed to forgive and do what? Just like God does and forget it. Forgive them. Forget that it ever happened. Don't bring it up again. With the help of God, we can forgive others the way that we would want to be forgiven. But it is only by His help that we can do that. The third thing, last one. The golden rule means that we should show love for others the way that we would want to be loved. How do you want to be loved? You want a little bit of love or a whole bunch of love? Do you like for people to tell you how much they love you and appreciate you? Do you like a good side hug or a good firm handshake? And somebody say, appreciate what you do, what you stand for. We like that kind of stuff, don't we? We like them attaboys. We, we like it when people, it's encouraging. We like when people come up to us and tell us that they appreciate us and that they love us. I don't mind that. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So this verse right here, it revolutionizes the way that we are to love others. I mean, it really does revolutionize the way that we are to love others. There's so much in that verse, and there's so much in us that we are to be using. We're full, full of the Holy Spirit. We've been filled up by the Holy Spirit. We get saved, and we get the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And it fills us up, and it bubbles over, and we need to be going out and loving others and forgiving others and doing good for others and being a blessing to others because we have the Holy Spirit. So this verse right here challenges us to put the interest of others ahead of our own interests. Before you married, it's all about you. Once you're married, it better not be all about you. It ought to be about us or your spouse. You put them ahead. Then you have to start having children. It's not about you two. It's about them. It's about their children. It's about making sure that their interest is at best at heart. It's what they need to provide for them. We want to make sure that they have all that they need. But the challenge as a Christian, it's, it, it's putting others interest before ours that's what this golden rule is all about putting everyone else's interest before ours making sure that everyone else is taken care of making sure that that spouse has been taken care of making sure that spouse knows that they are loved making sure that those children know that they are loved and provided for making sure those co-workers those neighbors those bosses those teachers, everybody that's in your life, making sure that they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that their interests have been placed before your own. They need to know that. You need to show that. As a parent, looking back on my life, I've seen where my parents 
put mine and my sister's interest before their interest. I, my mom, if she even listens to this, I, I don't know if she'll hear it or not, but one of the things that happened, and I bet she doesn't even remember this, one of the things that happened whenever I was in elementary school, we went to Washington, D.C., and I remembered how much that thing cost for us to go. And I remember her taking our grocery money to put towards that trip. I don't remember a lot about the trip. All I remember was the first George Bush was in office and Dan Quayle was the vice president. I remember that much. Very little. Remember the Holocaust Museum? But the one thing about that whole trip that stands out to me, besides using the bathroom in the back of a bus, that was just weird, was that my mom put aside the needs of the family so that she could provide for me for something that I would never get to experience probably again in my life. She put aside the, her needs, my dad's needs and wants, so that I was taken care of. I'll never forget that. Looking back now as a parent, I, would, I know I would do the same thing. I want to make sure that Abby can go and do as much as she can while she can. I want to make sure that Paisley can go and do as much as she can when she can. And Clayton, I want to make sure that he's got plenty of formula and plenty of diapers right now. But when he gets a little bit older, I want to make sure that we can provide and put my needs aside and make sure my children know that it was always them. It was always in their best interest, the things that I've done to, for them. It's what the golden rule is all about. Jesus says if you live your life like this, you're fulfilling the will of God. That's part of being inside God's will, loving others. If you're, if you're living out the, the essence of, of the Old Testament, we see that same truth right here in other parts of the Bible. Over in Romans 13, Paul's talking about our relationships with one another. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Love one another. You go back into the Old Testament there, and you look at, at these commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. All these thou shalts, all these commandments can all be summed up in one. If you would just obey this one commandment, you would not have to worry about all the others even being an option for you to disobey. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He's told us, if you would just love your neighbor as thyself, then you're not going to have to worry about stealing or coveting or murder, whatever it might be. You're not going to have to worry about it because if you love everybody, those other sins that we talk about, it's more just those ten, but these sins, they won't even run through your mind because you're loving one another. Not hating one another, but loving one another as you love yourself. In other words, treating others the way that you want to be treated fulfills the will of God. And that's the golden rule. The golden rule is all about loving and serving others. That's what it's always been about, loving and serving others and forgiving others that's why it's so important to be taught in our school system still at such a young age to instill that into these children we are to love one another we are to treat everyone kindly because we don't like to be treated bad we don't like to be hated 
So just be good to everybody. Love everybody. Be kind, and if something happens and you do something wrong towards them, forgive them. Then I want to end with this right here. The golden rule is all about loving and serving others with the same sacrificial love that God has for us. What you need to remember, you're not going to experience that until you have a relationship with God. When you ask His Son, Jesus Christ, into your life, when you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then it sure does make things a lot easier. When it's time to forgive, you can forgive. When it's time to love, you'll be able to love because you have experienced forgiveness. You have experienced love. When He worked on your heart and you was convicted and you was down and you was broken, you experienced forgiveness and love. Get down on your face and your knees and, and you ask God to forgive you because you have failed Him and, and because you are a sinner and you need Him. And He said, yes, I will. And by the way, I still love you. Until you have felt that forgiveness and you've experienced the love of Jesus, you're not going to be able to go out here and forgive others and love others the way that we're supposed to. Get Jesus. When you have Jesus, you'll have that forgiveness. You've experienced it firsthand. You're going to have that love because you have experienced it firsthand. And then after that, you can practice that golden rule in the lives of others. Do unto others. Let's pray. Father God, this morning as we close out, Lord, we thank you for the rule. God, I'm thankful that this rule that we studied today, the one that we just looked at, Lord, even though it's straight out of the Bible, it's something that is still being taught in our schools. And Lord, I pray that we continue to do that. Keep teaching this to our children. They may not know that it's biblical, but that's okay. They'll always remember this rule right here. Lord, I thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. Lord, I thank you for forgiving us when we didn't think that we'd ever be able to receive that forgiveness. Lord, thank you for praying for me on the cross. Father, we thank you for allowing Jesus, when he's down in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was down and those sweat drops of blood were pouring from his face, and he was praying for me because he knew I was a sinner. He knew that I needed forgiveness. He knew that I needed his love. And so he prayed for me and everyone else in that garden and on that cross. And Lord, we just thank you for today's message. And I pray, God, that it will just touch somebody. If there's somebody that's been listening this morning that struggled with, with forgiving others, Lord, I pray this would help soften them up, soften their hearts, and allow them to, to go and forgive others as we are to do, and then to love them as we are to do. God, I pray today that you keep us safe as we leave our houses and we go back to work tomorrow and go about our business. And God, I pray again that you would just uh, be with those that are sick, be with those that have, have lost those loved ones here recently, and just give them great comfort and guidance, and knowing that you're by their side. And as your word says, you never leave us nor forsake us. And what a peace that should bring. We love you again today, God, and I pray that you just continue to bless this church, grow this church, and be with us the next time we're able to meet. I'll your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, church, hope, do hope you have a great Sunday, and I don't know when we'll see you back. It might be Wednesday, it might be Sunday, but we're going to try our best to get back in here as quickly as possible.